you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. So Isaiah chapter 40, we're going to read verse 31. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. There's a very familiar passage of scripture there, uh, but I need you to hold your finger there. Then we're going to turn left. We're going to go to the book of Psalm chapter 27. Psalm chapter 27. So we're going to start off in Isaiah chapter 40. And we're going to go to the book of Psalm chapter 27. And uh, I pray what I, what I have to share with you is really going to bless you because uh, um, I, I have been in a place that uh, has caused a lot of questions for me. And I believe that uh, this message will be a blessing for you because some of you, if not most of you, have been in the place that I'm talking about. So let's, this is Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. We're going to start reading there. And then we're going to turn to... Psalm 27, and going to read 13 and 14 there. And I might go to another psalm after that, but we're going to start right there. When you get there, say, I have it. I have it. it. So uh, you don't have to stand this morning. We're just going to go right into uh, the reading of the word. So Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31 says, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Uh, How many of you have ever read this scripture? You've heard this scripture preached. You've read it before in your life. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not faint. They shall walk and, I'm sorry, they shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. But the idea here is when we start talking about they that wait on the Lord, that, that's not sitting back and just waiting on God and doing nothing. Uh, the word wait actually in the Hebrew context means uh, wait is like a waiter who waits on a table. That means you're working. Amen. So you're not just sitting back waiting on God to do something. You're actually still working. They that work, they that are still doing things, they that are serving the Lord shall renew their strength. If you're not serving God, then your strength can't be renewed. If you're just sitting back waiting for a job and you never fill out an application, you don't have a resume, you've never applied for a position, you can wait all day long. The job is not coming. Job is just not going to knock on your door. And you can't go to the book of job and expect a job. Amen. Amen. So, so you understand the context of waiting. Hello. Okay, so now let's turn to Psalm 27, Psalm 27, verse 13. You guys can get there before me because you got your electronic stuff. Psalm 27, verse 13 and 14. It says, um, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the reading of your word. I pray that you will allow me to speak to the hearts of your people who may be in that stage of waiting. And God, I just pray right now that whatever it is, whatever the context of what I need to preach in, Father, that you would deliver it to my heart and to my tongue so that I can get it to your people. This is your house. They belong to you. This word is yours, and I am your friend. Speak through me to get to your people today in Jesus' name. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Today, I want to preach on something that uh, I have uh, actually had questions about in my own mind. It's been looming in my own mind. I want to preach from the subject, waiting in the shadows. Waiting in the shadows. Um, I I want to extend a level of hope and encouragement to you this morning because some of you, if not most of you, 
uh, have experienced a waiting mode. Uh, that's that waiting period where uh, you feel like uh, God has placed you on his shelf. And you've been in that mode. You've been waiting. And, and, and all of a sudden, before, it was like you were doing great things for God. People was coming to Jesus. And all of a sudden, all kinds of incredible things was happening. Your business was prospering, man. Your client list was growing. And then all of a sudden, you begin to see a decline. And then God puts you on the shelf. Who am I talking to this morning? Somebody, somebody that knows that, you know, God, I got the experience. I got the education. I'm gifted in what I'm doing. I'm passionate about what I'm doing. But, God, you got me up on the shelf, and I feel like I can't do what I used to do. I can't do what I feel like I want to do because, God, you got me waiting in the shadows. I, I can talk to you about the situation because I feel like I'm there now because it's difficult to stay encouraged when God has you up on the shelf. Habakkuk 2 and 3, and some will say Habakkuk, but I uh, say Habakkuk with whatever theology you like. You can use either one, but Habakkuk 2 and 3 says, For the vision is yet for an appointed time. That appointed time may not be your time. It's in God's time. Hello, somebody. And so it is for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it. God has you on the shelf for a reason, and I'm going to talk about some specific principles as to why he has you up on that shelf, why he has something significant for you to do, but you're not ready yet. Though a tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Waiting on God can be very difficult, even for us who think we understand God. Well, I, I, I know God. I know God wants me to do this, but really, right now? I can't, I can't even tell you how many times I've had people to come to me in the lane and, and they come to us and say, well, we heard from God and we feel like this is what God wants us to do. And while they are yet speaking, God is speaking to us saying, I ain't say that. <laughs> Why? Because sometimes when people are in that waiting on God mode, they want to do things in their own strength and in their own time and in their own wills. And so even I've had people to even say, this is what God told me. But if God told you something that does not line up with the word of God, it is not God. Because he speaks by his word. That's why if you want to hear from God, the best thing for you to do is to read his word. He does not speak outside of his word. And when he wants to get something to us, if he wants to confer something to us, he don't even have to come to you. He can go to another person. He can go to a child. He can use a billboard. But if you're not in the word of God, you won't even know what you're trying to receive confirmation for. So if you're not, if you don't know what that confirmation is to be, then how do you know when it's God? How do you know if that prophet is not prophet lying? It can seem impossible at times for when God places you on that shelf because we want things to be done in our time, according to our plan, on our timetable, because I need it here, God, not there. And we begin to tell God how you want something. Now, I'm, okay, now, let me be honest with you. I've been there. I've, I've put this, uh, I put God in a project plan. And now, God, I got some deliverables that I need you to meet for me. And I need you to meet this for me next month on this day at about 10 o'clock. We put God on our timetable. But God is not on our timetable, saints. 
He is in eternity. He doesn't deal with linear time. He sees your past, your present, and your future all at one time. Is this making sense? Psalm chapter 18 verse 30 says this, As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in him. If God's ways are perfect, then we can trust God for whenever, however, and whatever way he wants to respond. Because if we trust him in it, we know that his ways are perfect. Then when he gets it to us, it's going to be in his perfect timing. I'm just trying to set you up, get you a little foundation here before we get into the, the meat of this, right? So let's be realistic, realistic here. And you might not want to hear this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. I'm, you know, you're going to love me for it later. Trust me. It may be a long time before God releases you to do anything significant. Who says that you get saved and then next year you got a, a, a platform of thousands? Who said that to you? Oh, I saw it in a dream, but did he tell you when? I'm trying to help your heart, and I'm trying to save somebody in here from a, from a whole, from, from a probably 10 years of discouragement. And the reason I got this message, saints of God, is because God has me on the shelf. There's a lot that I, have, I see God doing in my life, but not now. There's a lot I see for this church, but not now. So I had to go to God and say, God, did I miss you somewhere? He said, no, you didn't miss me. I got you on my shelf. I got you waiting in my shadows because what I got for you to do is significant enough to make you wait for it. So I came to tell somebody in here right now that you might be on God's shelf. You might be in the shadows right now, but what God has for you to do is significant. And he has to make you wait for it because it's just that good. Wait on the Lord and he will strengthen thine heart, saints of God. So I want this to bring you some hope and I want this to bring some encouragement because you don't see what you saw in your dream happening in your life right now. And it's all right that God has you on his shelf because he's preparing you for something greater. God prefers a method of preparing us and that method is called waiting. British author James Stalker, he said this, he said, waiting is a common instrument of providential discipline for those to whom exceptional work has been appointed. Let me, let me say that a little bit slower because I'm, somebody says he's talking about me. No, 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 no you, you ain't got it yet. Somebody says he's talking about me. I say, this is not for you if you don't feel like God has an exceptional work for you. I'm only talking to the people who feel like God has an exceptional assignment for you. So if he does not have an exceptional assignment, keep your mouth closed. <laughs> but for those in this room right now that feels that God has something greater than where you are today, it is something exceptional. It is an assignment that he has for you and is greater than where you are today. So this is for you. Somebody says, he's talking about me. He's talking about me. Now, now I'm, you're beginning to build up some faith because if you don't build up your faith, you're not going to get it. Can't nobody walk in faith for you. And this assignment is your assignment. So you're going to have to stir yourself up for that assignment because he may make you wait for 10 years. But there are some things that we need to understand while we are in the shadows. Are you here with me today? Come on, are you getting encouraged today? How many of you feel like God has you on the shelf right now? 
Oh, then, then, oh, praise God. I got the right message. I got the right message. I'm glad I'm in the right house. Praise God. I thought I was the only one on the shelf by myself swinging. <laughs> praise God. I love Dietrich Bonhoeffer. If you, if you ever want to read something that's, that's so amazing, you want to read Dietrich Bonhoeffer, B-O-N-H-O-E-F-F-E-R. He's a German theologian. He was martyred. He quoted this, and he's, this is so amazing. He said, waiting is an art that our impatient age has forgotten. He goes on to say, it wants to break open the ripe fruit when it has hardly finished planting the shoot. But all too often, the greedy eyes are only deceived. The fruit that seems so precious is still green on the inside. Although it might look right on the outside. You might look right on the outside. You might think on the outside that I'm ready for what you have for me, God. But God sees on the inside and God says, you green. And if I open up what I have for you right now, it will break you. He said, the fruit that seems so precious is still green on the inside. And disrespected hands ungratefully toss aside what has so disappointed them. Because when you think you're ready to be used, you get disappointed when God don't do it. What's wrong, God? What I did, I sin? No, you hadn't sinned. Actually, you're living right. Could it be possible that because you're living right, that's why he put you on the shelf? Just saying. Write this down. Extended waiting precedes exceptional work. Put that on Facebook. I know it. Extended waiting precedes exceptional work, which means... Before you do anything exceptional for God, you're going to have to go through periods of being in the shadows. Hope this is blessing somebody because, see, your business, your business go through the shadows. Your ministry will go through those shadows. Your family will go through those shadows. There will be times where you've been praying and believing God for something significant for your family. And God says, "Mm mm-mm, I ain't doing it. And you have a deadline, and your deadline passed, and God says, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not doing it yet. And then we get discouraged in those times because we're on the shelf and we think God doesn't hear us. He hears every word. But his timing is not ours. And if you don't understand the biblical context of what God is doing, then you can get depressed. You can get discouraged. You stop going to church. You stop reading his word. All the time God is saying, I'm trying to do something in you, but you're not patient enough to receive what I have for you. Because I'm not trying to give something to you. I'm trying to work something out of you. See, see, that's the thing right there, saints. God says there's something in you that I got to work out of you because if I don't get it out by the time I give you the platform that you're going to be on, it's going to come out then, and then you're going to get disheartened. Talk to me, somebody. So he has you on the shelf not to try to get something in you. He has you on the shelf, the shelf to get something out of you. While he works to mold us in the shadows, We wait. (laughs) Let me give you some biblical examples of people who waited in the shadows. I thought about Abraham. Abraham was a man known as the father of faith. As a matter of fact, if you read the Koran, he's known as the father of faith, even in the Koran. Uh, Just to give you a backdrop, Abraham was the man that God used to birth the Jewish nation. All of the descendants were to be birthed through this one man. The only way that this was going to be accomplished is through a promised seed. How many remember that story? 
God says, I'm going to bless Abraham to be a great nation. But see, what you may not understand, saints of God, is when you read the word of God, things does not happen right away. And see, we might have the propensity to read the word of God, and we think that things happen consecutively. That, that God called this man, and then all of a sudden he blessed him with the promised seed, and, and God used him mightily for a great assignment. But I bring, I'm going to bring some clarity to you today because we got to go to Genesis chapter 15. Let's read a couple of verses there because you might not understand that most of the great people in the Bible had extended periods of waiting in the shadows. And I want to encourage you today that you're not the only one that's sitting up on the shelf and God has you there for a reason. He's trying to work something out of you so you can be prepared for that great assignment. Can somebody say amen? amen. So Genesis chapter 15, is this encouraging somebody this morning? Amen. Oh, man, man, I'm telling you, it's encouraging me even more now that I'm preaching it. And, and man, I, I, I'm telling you, this was my question. I'm like, God, what is going on? This is not what I saw eight years ago. I didn't see these empty chairs eight years ago. Matter of fact, I didn't see the, the people of 48 years ago. I saw thousands. Yeah. And so while God has me on the shelf, I had some questions. We had to talk. Yeah. I'm like, God, I am serving you. I am giving. I'm giving 150%. I can't give anymore, God. What's wrong? He said, I got you there for a reason. He said, I'm trying to work something out of you because if I give you the ministry that I showed you, it would break you. I said, okay, God, okay, okay. I kind of understand that. I'm just being honest with you here. I'm just being honest. I, I kind of understand that, God. I don't right, really know it all, but I, I, okay, I'll go with it. You God, you know what I'm saying? He said, well, I got something that I want you to share with the body. I said, okay, but I got to get it first. And this is what he showed me was when you're waiting in the shadows, that means that he's preparing you for something greater. Be encouraged while you're in the shadows. Listen. Listen to me close. Don't rush it. Don't rush it. Because I'm going to tell you something. It's like a woman. Just, just, I've never been pregnant. So it's like a woman who's giving birth. So I don't understand about the pain. But I understand that once a woman is giving birth, that pain is horrendous. But listen, when they look into that baby's eyes, they don't think about that pain anymore. That, that's what God says. God says that when you're giving birth to this assignment, it's going to be painful. But, but when it comes out and when you get a good look at it, you won't even worry about everything that you had to go through while you were in the shadows. Genesis chapter 15, verse 2, it says, But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless? And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Then Abram said, look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this one should not be your heir. Meaning Abram think, was thinking that since he had somebody that was born in his house, it was not his seed, then maybe that's what God was talking about. So in other words, Abram was trying to figure out who this promised seed was going to be because Abram had not had a child yet and his wife Sarah was barren, but God said, I'm going to make you a great nation. Are you seeing this with me here? So Abram, like us, he's trying to figure out, what can I do to help God? Uh, duh -huh, duh -huh, duh -huh. We do that, right? God, I know you need a little help. So how, how, what can I do to help you out since you're so slow?
So Abram is trying to figure out, is that the one? You know, is he the one? And behold, verse 4, behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this one shall not be your heir. But one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, look now towards the heaven and count the stars. One, two, three, four, five, six, a lot of them up there, right? He said, and count the stars. If you are able to number them, and he said to him, so shall your descendants be. So in other words, God says, I know it don't look like what I'm going to bring to you right now. But I want to encourage you because if you look up at the stars and if you can count them, that's how many your descendants is going to be. So in other words, God said to you, saints of God, that if you can look up and count the stars, which we won't be able to count them all, God says that's how big of an assignment that I have for you. Oh, God. Uh, uh, and then it goes on to say in verse 6, and he believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness, meaning Abraham believed in the Lord and it was counted unto him as righteousness. But this promise didn't happen overnight. There was a period of time that Abraham had to go in the shadows. But if you go back to Genesis chapter 12, that's where God said that I'm going to make you a great nation. Now, let's fast forward. He said, I'm going to make you a great nation. Abraham was 75 years old in Genesis chapter 12 when God said, I'm going to make you a great nation. Well, time went by. Twelve years went by. And on the 13th year, Sarah said, God is taking too long. We're going to have to do something to help out God. So listen, Abraham, I want you to go and grab one of my little handmaidens named Hagar because maybe this is the way God wants to move and bless us with a seed outside of the will of God. Because when you've been waiting too long, you have the propensity to help God. So Sarah says, come on, bro. Now, listen, uh, this is Father's Day. And um, if, if your wife came to you and said, okay, we're going to help God out, but I need you to go have sex with another woman. That ain't God. <laughs> listen to me close. That is not God. Abraham should have said, no, woman. <laughs> but, of course, Sarah was barren. There wasn't nothing going on in the house. So when you get desperate, desperate people, even when you say, it's something about that bed thing. You might be saved, but you don't lose that part, right? Where was I? <laughs> I ain't lying. I got it messed up then. I ain't lying. I tell people all the time, I'm a pastor. That don't mean I'm, that I'm not dead. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. I hope y'all can read between the lines. Praise God. And so, so, so Sarah and Abram, they took matters in their own hands. Although we read in verse 6, chapter 15, verse 6, it said Abraham believed God. He believed God, but he believed he needed to help God. <laughs> yeah, sometimes like we, we, we get there too, right? Sometimes we feel like we have to help God. Um, and and so, so, so now he goes to Hagar and has sex with her, 
his seed must have been pretty potent because she got pregnant right away. Right? Now, he was 75 when God says in Genesis chapter 12, I'm going to make a great nation out of you. He was 86 when Ishmael was born. Now listen, that's 13 years, right? There, there, give or take, I guess a few. So now, he still doesn't have the promised seed yet. Guess what? He's back in the shadow. Maybe perhaps he had to go back to the shadows because he came out of the shadows himself. He jumped off the shelf and said, God, I'm going to help you and put it in my timing. And it was before God's time. Maybe. Now, we can do that too, saints. We can go make stuff happen and we can say, oh, God did it. Can I help you? Can I help you with something? When me and my wife bought our house, that house is not a blessing. It's a liability. Because we have to pay a mortgage. That house is not a blessing. Let me tell you the difference between a blessing, what's, what's a blessing and what's not a blessing. A lot of people say, whoo, God bless me with a car. Do you have to pay for that car? No, you need to say, God bless you with a job. Right? So now, 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 let me tell you what a blessing is. A blessing would have been we're sitting across from those lawyers and we're getting ready to sign the papers. We got our, our money out because you got a down payment. And the lawyers say, you know what? We, we just want to be a blessing to you. How about we take this number that's your mortgage and we make it zero? Now, somebody say, now that's a blessing. Walking away from that table with those lawyers with the title in your hand that says paid in full is a blessing. So the house is not a blessing. We got to pay for it. The blessing is we get to work <laughs> to pay for the house. I know people come to me all the time, well, the Lord bless me with it. Are you paying for that thing? Well, listen, I ain't, uh, I'm going to pray that you continue to keep a job. Hello, somebody. Some of the stuff people talking about is a blessing. Ain't no blessing. It's a liability. So it wasn't a blessing what Sarah and Abraham was doing. It was a liability. Amen. So now they had to wait another 14 years from the time he was 86 to the time he was 100 before Isaac was born. Let me tell you something, saints. The man was in the shadows for a long time. So don't think just because God used Abraham in a mighty way that Abraham didn't spend time in the shadows. Hello, somebody. What about David? David was anointed as a teenager by Samuel. Hello. But do you realize that it took probably another 13 years before David was actually anointed as king over Judah? 13 years. And then it took another seven years before he was anointed king over all of Israel. So we're talking 20 years. Did it happen overnight? Not 20 years. 
So I'm, I'm, I hope that I'm giving you some encouragement because you might think that God all of a sudden made these things happen right away. But no, they had to wait in the shadows just like us. Why? They had a significant assignment. I pray that this is getting into your heart, that God does not have just an assignment for those of you that are sitting here. That assignment that he has for you is significant. And he has to put you in the shadows so that he can prepare you. God is not done with you yet. Hello, somebody. What about Joseph? You ever think about how long it took Joseph to go from the pit to Potiphar's house to the, to the, to the prison before he got to the palace? About 20 years. So what I'm telling you, saints of God, this thing is not going to happen overnight. But while we are waiting in the shadows, don't get discouraged. Just figure out what God is trying to work out of you. All of us are sitting on the shelf together swinging. Hello? So listen, I was getting discouraged. I'm going to tell you right now, I did get discouraged. I, I, actually, I'm, actually, I was beginning to think about how we were going to transition to close the doors to this church. That's where I was. Because I said, God, I'm, I'm, I can't do it anymore. I'm done. I'm done. I've tried. Everything's not working. He said, that's your problem. <laughs> See, I'm just going to let you in my house with me and God. Can I do that? Can I just be real transparent with you? God said, that's your problem, John. You think you're the one that's going to do this. He said, in the moment you get that out of your heart and put it back on me, then we can do some stuff. He said, but you're going to have to wait for it. Ever since then, it clicked. It's like, there it is right there. Why didn't I see it? Because I had to go through it. Now, he had to put me up on the shelf, but I had to see it from that vantage point. Not from down here working, 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 trying to get things done. I had to get up there and look at it and say, okay, God, whatever it is that you got to get out of me, let's do it. I don't care if it takes another 20 years. Because the assignment that he has, when he releases it, we're going. Amen? We're going, and I'll be ready for it, and you'll be ready for it. Hello? The platform that's yours is bigger than where you are, saint. Your ladder in is greater. This is not just a little tricky sermon I'm trying to teach you. I'm teaching you biblical principles here. Your ladder in is greater. Somebody say, my ladder in is greater. What about Moses? Hello, somebody. Do you realize when Moses actually went to the desert, he was 40? Do you realize he didn't see the burning bush until he was 80? It took him 40 years. That's four zero. <laughs> I didn't say four months. Forty years before he saw the burning bush. But his assignment was so big. God had to make him wait in the shadows of Sinai for 40 years to let Moses know what I have to confer to you is not for them that draw back. He said, I'm teaching you about Sinai because you got to lead people this way. Glory to God. Haven't you ever thought why he was there for 40 years and how he was able to orchestrate the whole journey because he had been there? Moses had been everywhere except Canaan. And do you realize when they got to Canaan, that's where Moses' ministry stopped because you can't take people where you've never been. That's why Joshua had to take them over because Joshua had already been there. And sometimes God will put you on the shelf so that you can go through some things so that you can navigate when God brings somebody into your life. 
And you can't take people to the other side if you don't even know what the other side looks like. Hello, somebody. I'm trying to encourage you. I, hope, I don't mean to scream, but I'm excited because I'm encouraging myself with this message. I'm encouraging myself. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving in. I'm not throwing in the towel. He has me on the shelf for a reason, and I'm going to sit there until he's ready to release all of heaven on my life and on your life, and I'm going to applaud you when God does it because what he has for you is greater than where you are today. What about Saul of Tarsus? You know, he had that Damascus Road experience. But do you realize Paul didn't just start preaching right after that experience? Do you realize that Paul spent 14 years in the shadows? And a lot of that time was in the, the Arabian desert. And Paul would have still been in Tarsus until Barnabas went and got him from Tarsus to use him in Antioch. He was, he was in the shadows for 14 years. As a matter of fact, he spoke in the book of Corinthians. He said it was about 14 years. I know a man. I don't know if he was in his body or out of his body. God knows. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He had such an experience when he was on the shadows with God that he said, I was in the third heaven, and God began to talk to me. He began to give me things that a man should not have. I'm telling you right now, if you just stay on the shelf, if you just stay in the shadows, God can give you something that no man can give you. And it goes way beyond your little ministry. It goes way beyond your family. I'm talking about a spiritual blessing now that he will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you will not have room enough to receive. That's what I'm talking about. I don't want a little dab of blessing. I've been working too hard for a dab. I've been keeping myself pure. I've been keeping myself holy. I've been serving God in the shadows. And so a little dab is not going to do me. Going to a little platform and, and touching people and healing them, that's not going to do me. I'm talking about significant change in people. Now that's what I'm looking for. God, however long you need me up on the shelf, I'm going to sit there. So let me wrap this thing up. You got to trust God in the shadows. And I'm going to give you four principles and I'm done. You trust God in the shadows. Number one, when God prepares us for effective ministry, he includes what we would rather omit. And you know what that is? Waiting. When you have a significant ministry that your ministry is going to be effective, God is trying to cultivate patience in us. That's what he's doing. That's why he's making us wait in the shadows. Because we do live in a hurry-up society. Come on. We are a microwave generation. we got to have stuff right now. Social media. Boom. Something happens. Bam. It's all over the world. Right now. And then you go to God, and you think God is a social God. You think God is sometime on Facebook. No, nope, he wants your face in this book. This is, this is the real Facebook right here. He wants your face in this book so that you can get some messages. And then you'll know who your friends are. Glory to God. Because everybody on social media, they ain't your friends. Whew, I got a thousand friends. Them folks don't know you. Nobody care you got a thousand friends. Amen. And so we, we, we got to make sure 
our faith is in this book. But what God does, he cultivates patience in us and he makes us wait for it. And when you wait for it, you still serve him while you're waiting. You don't drop out of church just because God haven't given you what you want. Come on, somebody. And you don't drop out of church because somebody made you mad in church. Well, then what you know what God is doing? He's testing you to see if you have patience. Man, I can't stand them folks. Well, that's why you ain't ready for the assignment. Because the folks you cannot stand are the folks I need to send you to. And if you can't stand them, I can't use you, so get on the shelf. I hope I'm talking to the right church, praise God. And I hope you listen to this on podcast, but I tell you what, you need to listen to what I'm saying. It's going to help you so you don't get discouraged. Number two, as God makes us wait, hiding us in his shadow, he shows us we're not indispensable. See, we have the propensity to think, God, you can't do this without me. Yes, he can. (laughs) You are not all that. So in other words, Mm self-aggrandizing, self-promotion, nope. Put, put an apostle on a card and want to go preach everywhere? That, 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 no, that's you. That's not God. Every door that you, that God, that, that, that you think God opened up for you to go preach ain't a door of God. You don't have to take every assignment that you think somebody wants you to do. You pray about it and see if this is what God wants you to do. It may not be. You might go there and get something you don't need. Hello? So he's working some things through you. He's, he's cultivating some patience in you, and now what he's doing through this part, he's making you humble. He's making you patient. He's making you humble. He's getting some of that stuff out of you, some of that, that, that self-promotion stuff. Shoot, I read the Bible. I study the Bible. So other Christians do too. You do, I don't, nobody have all that great revelation. I, I've never been considered a revelatory preacher. I mean, I just preach the Bible. It's very simple. My messages are very simple. It's just the word of God. I'm not trying to be deep. I've heard people come, oh, boy, that message was deep. I'm like, man, that's just the fundamentals of the faith. Ain't nothing deep about the messages that come through this church. It's just the gospel message. It's deep to people because they don't get it. What they get is a bunch of sermons and bigotry and biases and political pondering instead of the gospel. So when they hear it, it's foreign. Oh, that was deep. No, brother, that's just the word of God. There ain't nothing deep about that. You go get it too. All you got to do is study. And you got the same thing, right, guys? Ain't nothing deep. I know when we're studying, we don't feel like it's that deep. Matter of fact, when I study, most of the time I go, God, are you sure? Even this message, I'm like, God, that just don't, I don't know. I just don't know, God. Maybe that's just for me. I don't think this is for the people. And he said, no, this is what I want you preaching. It's not deep. He's just keeping you humble. You know, people come to me and say, ooh, ooh, that was a great word. Praise God. I give God the glory right away. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even allow the enemy get in there on me. That was awesome, brother. Praise God. Give him the glory right away. I don't just come and say, oh, thank you. <laughs> no, just give praises to God. Amen, because that's who gave it to you in the first place. Amen. All right, all right, all right. The third, the third one is, while God hides you away, and this will be all on the podcast, and, and if you guys want these four points, I'll, I'll uh, put them out on Facebook for you. While God hides you away, hide, hides us away, he reveals new dimensions of himself and new insights regarding your ministry. Now, this develops depth. The first principle develops patience. The second principle develops humbleness and humility. This principle develops spiritual 
depth. God is not looking for smarter people or busier people. He's looking for people who are willing to wait for him to give it to you when you're ready for it. You don't have to be smart. You don't have to have the right education for God to use you greatly. God will usurp all of that nonsense that the world is looking for to bring a blessing to your life. Trust me, I know exactly what I'm talking about right now. I just got a job where people who got all of these degrees that I only, I'm not even close to having. And I make the bucks because God positioned me to be in a place to get promoted. Let me, let me, let me give you this caveat because I was promotable. I go in, I do the job, and then some. Because I'm there to serve them because those people need Jesus. So I'm not going in there and trying to get something like I'm entitled to have it because God opened it up for me. No, I got it because God knows I'm going to work hard for it. And that I'm not going to stop by doing a great job. I'm going to continue on to try to get some people saved. Hello, somebody. If you're not working in the job, don't wait for something that's not going to come. Already do the job that you want to be promoted for. And if the people that you're working for won't promote you, God will move you like he moved me. And him too took him out of where he was, where they, they, they didn't even value what we brought. And God said, that's all right, I got something better for you. Hello, somebody. If he did it for me. Come on, somebody. I hope you're getting excited this morning. Glory to God. I love waiting on the shelf. Now, I wish I had had somebody teach this to me before I got all discouraged, but <laughs> praise God, I got it now. Okay, the last one, the last one. When God finally chooses to use us, it comes at a time we least expect it, when we feel the least qualified. This makes us effective. So the first point, it makes us patient. The second point, it makes us humble. The third point, we develop spiritual depth. And this point, he makes us effective. Because what God does here, saints of God, you, if you knew when it was going to happen, <laughs> you're going to change the way you act. See, this is what Paul found out because after the 14 years with Paul, and I'm done, Paul had a prayer. It was a serious prayer. Paul prayed three times about a thorn that was in his flesh. You remember that? You remember that? So, so Paul said, if you can just get rid of this thorn in my flesh. Now, a lot of people speculate about what the thorn was. The Bible is silent on it, and so am I. If the Bible doesn't specifically say what it is, don't try to speculate what it is. Some people say he was sick. Some people say it was, listen, the Bible said it was a messenger from Satan, and that was good enough for me. So I'm not trying to speculate what the thorn was because that's not the message. The message here is greater than the thorn. And see, the devil will have you thinking about the thorn, and you lose the blessing. See, when Paul prayed after 14 years that Jesus gave Paul something that a man had never received before, the Bible said it was inexpressible things that, that a man should not even know. That's how awesome of a relationship Paul had with Jesus when he was on the shelf. That Jesus was able to confer some things to him, and, and Jesus allowed a messenger, a thorn in Paul's flesh. All right, let me, let me go here with you. And he, Paul prayed three times. Jesus never responded to the prayer or the thorn. 
Jesus says, my grace. He, he, said, he said, listen, it's not even about the thorn, Paul. It's about my sufficiency, not yours. He said, my grace. When you're hurting and you've been praying and you're not getting the answers, just know that God is able. It's his grace that's sufficient. Because at the moment you're reaching out and then you can't, you just can't reach it, God says, that's where I step in. He said, my grace is sufficient. So when you're on the shelf, saints of God, like a lot of us are, don't get discouraged. Life has just kicked you in your stomach. You're looking for answers, just not getting a lot of them. You've been praying to God, and God is just not answering you the way you feel like he should. Come on, I'm there. <laughs> but I'm waiting in the shadows. And I believe some of you are too. I don't know how long it's going to be. But I do trust and believe that when he releases it, and when he releases you, you're not going to even be thinking about all the hell you had to go through. It's going to be that big. Who was this for today? If you would, just stand to your feet. Come on. Yeah. On this Father's Day, I wanted to encourage you. I don't typically do messages that necessarily are for different particular holidays. I just feel like I have to preach the message that God gives me for that time. And I pray that what I've shared with you today is giving you a little more glimmer of hope that you may not be getting your answers right now. There may not be, and even the answers that you're getting, they may not be very clear. That's okay. He has a greater assignment for you, saints. We're just waiting in the shadows. He said, they who dwell in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I want to encourage you right now that you're not in the shadow of death. You are in the shadow of the Almighty. See, when you're on the shelf, the enemy is trying to tell you that you're in the shadow of death, that it's not going to happen. You just remind the enemy of the word of God that, no, I'm in the shadow of the Almighty. It is going to happen. I just need to wait for it. Am I touching somebody's heartstring today? Last verse for you is Galatians 6 and 9. It says, and let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. You will reap, saints of God. Just don't quit. Don't give up. I know it's hard. I know it's been painful too. God just has you on the shelf. He's working about his perfect will in your life. But don't rush God, saints. Stay up there on that shelf. Continue to be in the shadows of God. And let him prepare you for greater. Your greater is coming. I sense it. It's coming. Now, I don't know when, but I do know it's coming.
We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number 3.org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.